Welcome back to Building a More Resilient World, sponsored by Fusion Risk Management. This podcast is where we discuss the basics of business continuity and risk management. Today, we're going to talk about supply chains and how solid business continuity and risk planning can help you to ensure that you understand which vendors your organization relies on and what to do if they fail you. Today, we're talking with Steve Greenstein, a Senior Advisory Consultant at Fusion. My name is Kim Hirsch, Manager of the Advisory Services Team. Remember, most of the people on our team have been practitioners, so we ran our own programs at companies like yours, and we faced many of the same challenges that you are likely expected to solve for every day. So first of all, thanks for being here today, Steve. Thank you, Kim. I'm looking forward to it. So first, let's define exactly what we're discussing. When we talk about planning for supply chain outages, what does that really mean? If you think about an organizational structure and how it services goods and services through either professional services or product, you have to worry about your extension of your organization and what would happen if a very key part of your supply chain for delivering those services or goods or products was disrupted. So the focus really is how do we know and what can we do to prepare against those type of outages because they can be very disruptive and in some instances uh, crippling. There are several instances that I've come across in my professional career that I usually talk about. One that wasn't too far along ago was the Ford Motor Company production of its F-150s. When there was a sole source magnesium supplier that they counted on for all the F-150 productions and that particular supplier had a major fire, their production of the F-150 stopped. Matter of fact, they didn't produce trucks back, I think, in May 2018 for over a week, which basically cost them over $60 million in profits lost. So that's a, a good indication of a sole source and a very key disruption to a supply chain. Yeah, I think that's a great example. I, when I was in a procurement organization before going into business continuity, um, one of the things that we always counseled people against was having sole source suppliers. Um, but it's, it's kind of common to find that, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately it is. Another, another one that is something that came up not too long ago was with Kentucky Fried Chicken. They actually switched over their logistics and systems infrastructure partners because they wanted to do a just-in-time chicken delivery to all the stores. And unfortunately, that didn't go away they wanted it to go. And so they actually, especially in the UK, had to close down hundreds and hundreds of stores because they couldn't get the chickens that they had just tried to advance to the stores just in time, just in time. So things like that do happen, and they could be crippling. Yeah. If you, if you can't have chicken, you're probably not going to be able to, to do much with the chicken store, are you? No, that's, the, that's true. Okay, so, so let's talk about, you know, one of the often quoted phrases around supply chains, and is one that I use a lot, comes from uh, some FFIC guidance a few years ago that talked about how you can't outsource risk. You know, I think that's very true. Customers are going to blame you when they can't buy your product, not that third-party supplier. So how can companies plan for this eventuality when it kind of seems like it might be out of, outside of their control? That's a great point. And yes, it is very true. The end consumer will always look to that last person they had purchased or transacted with. They don't look back into that supply chain. So yes, situational awareness and understanding what you have in place in your ecosystem of supply chain is paramount. Really having that close relationship, understanding and communicating regularly with those very key critical suppliers is of paramount importance because at the end of the day, 
the buck stops with you. And you cannot go back in time and try to pass off your responsibility to delivering that service or product or goods. So yeah, that is a, a, a true thing. The thing that I usually tell our clients about is that what you just mentioned, it is gonna eventually happen. There's no doubt about it. You know, we live in a world full of peril and risks and threats, and it's impossible to prepare for all of them, but we should know who our linchpin partners are, what is the critical nature of our supply chain, and how do we best defend against that. And that puts to mind a, another example that I've heard many times. Um, years ago, like in the early days of, of cell phones, there was a semiconductor chip manufacturer that had a fire. And of course, these are very clean rooms where they make these types of things. And so the fire destroyed all their inventory. They told their clients, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll be back in business soon. We'll get your shipments to you. The clients that believed them and relied on them just making a magical turnaround went out of business. And the ones who said, you know what, this feels like it's going to be a much worse problem than they're letting on to, um, were able to go out and get alternative suppliers and, and kind of corner the market on that and survived for another day. So kind of that situational awareness that you're talking about, that has to go deeper than just kind of knowing who your suppliers are, right? You need to know a lot about them and their industries, in fact. Absolutely. And what you're referencing is the old, the old Ericsson and Kia situation, which is like textbook Harvard Business School type of uh, case study. And yes, uh, you're absolutely right. You really need to understand what that demand looks like, what the market looks like. Is there pent up demand? You know, things move very com competitively and globally. And so that visibility, not only into your supply chain outage possibilities, but more important about the market demand and what you're looking for in the future. It's rather complex, but certainly something that we need to focus on. Yeah, so when you think about that, what are some of the risks that are just kind of inherent to supply chains that you recommend the clients plan for? Yeah, uh, gosh, Kim, there are so many. <laughs> I could write a book on this, but generally they fall into some broad categories. And so for me and what I've seen in my professional career and working knowledge is the real critical supply chain partners, you need to understand their financial capacity and their ability or instability in times of trouble. What is their quality? What's their quantity levels? How much can they manufacture or deliver? Do they have flexibility? Are you their top client customer? Or are you one of many? Where do you fit in that pecking order? How does a, a possible event in their geo or their region possibly affect you? These are all real risks that you need to kind of understand and assume and be able to pivot against because they will happen. It's almost impossible to really get a bird's eye view of every single thing that's happening in that particular world of that supplier. However, the right questions, the right diligence, the right things you should know can overcome some of these inherent risks. And again, with all risk, you might choose to accept it and just kind of live with it. And many organizations do, but there are some really smart things we can do to kind of overcome those uh, inherent risks. Are there some actions that organizations can take to decrease their risks? Yeah, for sure. So if you think about it, and you mentioned this early on, Kim, which is really a very important uh, concept for organizations to really inventory and deal with, and that's a single points of failure. Are they a sole source organization? Are they a single source organization to your organization? Do those organizations have fourth 
and fifth lines of supply. So think about, I have the relationship with you as my supply chain, that's my third party, but they may subcontract to a fourth party. Now I'm actually inheriting that risk of that fourth party. So really diving deep, getting that whole eco-structure DNA look at that organization, understanding what their levels of finished goods are, raw materials, componentry, things that could disrupt them, those are really smart things to monitor and to measure and to keep an eye on. One of some of the things we can do as organizations is the old-fashioned stockpiling. While this is a world that is totally immersed in e-commerce and truly global, and we also think about the things that can go wrong when it comes to like third-party logistics, as I mentioned with the Kentucky Fried Chicken situation, we still have ability to warehouse inventories. We can try to predict demand. We also could maybe take on some manufacturing on our own or maybe diversify. There's many, many routes to remediation. They do cost money. At the end of the day, organizations and senior leadership need to understand the cost and benefit of all these types of possibilities. And again, some organizations may just accept it because of scale or price discounting. But at the end of the day, if that is your sole source and they go out of business, guess what? You could go out of business. So be very mindful of those strategies of you know, dual sourcing, diversification, near sourcing, inventory buildup, stockpiling, things of that nature. Yeah, and I, I think you're hitting on something that, that's really um, key to understand about risk, too. I, I think, you know, a lot of people make business decisions like just-in-time running lean because, because they make all kinds of financial sense, but then they're not really looking at the risk of doing that on the backside, and it really leaves you very fragile when you're looking at your supply chain and kind of that one dimension of just what's cheapest and, and most efficient. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's burnt a lot of organizations. So are there any lessons learned from your own work in planning for supply chains that you can share with the audience, give them kind of ways to get started in their own journey looking at this area? Sure. I think an organization needs to make this a, a multifunctional organizational effort. You need to involve procurement and vendor risk management and legal and, of course, business continuity. You need to all come to the table to really understand right from the beginning, from the onset, the contract. Have we built our contracts right so we have rights of inspection? There's nothing that could substitute in a normal non-COVID world an eyeball test, going to the plant, seeing the senior leadership, getting that warm and fuzzy feeling you need to have with your partners in business. Uh, unfortunately, in the world we're living in today, maybe that is limited to some degree. But with the technologies of, you know, instant WebExing and spinning up conference calls. It, it's, it's something we can all accomplish, but the eyeball test is really important. Again, to know who you're in business with is really important. The other very important aspect, I think, is you really need to build those safeguards. You cannot tolerate single points of failure. You really need to diversify. You've got to rethink the idea of you know scale and the economics of lowest price because survivability is not a price one needs to pay and should not pay. The other last parting thought I would tell you is that it's really important to plan, to develop action plans. What if something should happen? What if this key tier one supplier of ours goes out of business, goes bankrupt, has a fire, is part of a natural disaster? 
what do we do? Do we have those action plans? So building a plan around your supply chain, identifying those critical, most important vendors, suppliers to your organization, keeping in communication with them, and at least annually revisiting uh, performance, really important to safeguard. And, and from lessons learned, I've seen the better organizations make that part of their normal operations. Yeah, that's great. I, I think kind of that idea of, of that organizational effort in, in how you approach and plan is a really great way to kind of summarize the advice that you've given to people today. You know, by taking that holistic view of what's going on, you can say, you know, can we avoid sole source suppliers? Is there something that we could do that we're not doing now by just trying to focus on being lean in an organization? Building that situational awareness of your supply chain so that you know how your entire enterprise is impacted by it. And then also, how how to plan around those impacts and then kind of looking for that single point of failure where you're really diving deep and saying, you know, what what are the risks that we can control? And then how do we build our organization around um, decreasing that risk? Or as you said, accepting risks that have to be accepted, but understanding what the impact will that will be when something can and will go wrong. Well, it's just been great talking to you about this today, Steve. I've really learned a lot and I appreciate all the time that you've given us. It was a great opportunity to uh, speak with you again, Kim, and share some ideas. Thank you so much for this uh, time today. Absolutely. So thanks again to everybody for joining us for uh, building a more resilient world, and we'll look forward to speaking with you again soon. Have a great day.